clearly describes the importance of the Christian's vote. Did you see how many things just came down to one vote? And of course, uh, a lot of times I've thought, well, what difference does it make if I go vote? What's just what's one vote? But one vote can make a big difference. And also, uh, before I get going here, right as I was leaving the house this morning, I got a uh, text from the POTUS. Who who is that? I mean, it's who is he? Who's a POTUS? Who is that? It's true. I mean, this is not a joke. My other. My other one was a joke about the cannibal, you know, but but uh, this isn't a joke from the president of the United States. Now, I'm sure it didn't come from Mr. Trump directly. I, I understand that it came from his people, his his folk, you know, but uh, it said victory in Missouri may come down to turnout in the 63026 zip code. That's the one that this church is in. And he said, commit to vote. So we need to do that, don't we? Is that right? Uh, this Tuesday, and by the way, a lot of times folks say, well, you know, in the, in the pulpits of America, the, the preachers shouldn't talk about voting. I, dear friends, I think it's incumbent upon us ministers to talk to you all about voting. I, I really do. And uh, um, separation of church and state was never uh, designed the way that a lot of people think. It was, it was put there... Uh, to keep the government out of our affairs, but not us out of the government affairs. We're supposed to be involved in government. The way the government was set up was it was set up by mostly all Christian men. You understand that? And uh, many of them are theologians. And, and they, the way this is set up to run is, is Christians in places of authority. You understand that? And uh, in this country, they get an authority by us putting them there, not just through prayer. Prayer won't do it just by itself. There has to be action to it, and it's the vote. And it's, voting is, 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 is an honor and a, and a right and a privilege. And so uh, we need to take advantage of that. So this Tuesday is a critical midterm election. Now, of course, anytime there's election, people will tell you, you know, it's the most important one ever. But this one really is a big deal. It really is. I believe it could very well show the ultimate moral direction that this nation wants to go, whether towards God and his word or towards the devil and what the devil is all about. And that's what? Stealing, killing, and destroying. So you might be here today and you might be saying, well, who and what should I vote for? You know, many times uh, people that go to the polls are uninformed. And we need to be informed, don't we? We need to be informed. So that's what this service is, is about today, just informing you of some things that will be helpful to you when you go vote, go vote on Tuesday. Now, I refuse to tell anybody who they should vote for or what they should vote for. You know, that's between you and God. However, I feel it's my duty to educate you the best I can and inform you of what the candidates stand for and what the various propositions and amendments are and how they line up with the Bible. And then you take that information and go and vote in line with the Word of God. Now, what we're going to do today is in just a few moments, not just yet, but just a few moments, I'm going to pass out a sheet of paper to you, which has the party platforms on it. And uh, a uh, uh, 
a platform, what, what a platform is, is it tells you what a party believes, what they stand for, what their values are. And we have two major parties here in the United States. What are they? Does anybody know? The Republicans and the Democrats. Now, there are other parties, but they almost never win anything. So, you know, but, but anyway, uh, Republican and Democrat. And so I'm going to pass this paper out to you in just a bit, showing what both parties believe, what they stand for. And then I'm going to line what they believe up with the Word of God. And then you ought to take that and go out and vote in line with the Word of God. Can you say amen to that? Now, if you get in the voting booth and you don't know who the candidates are, you know nothing about them, and a lot of times that happens, if you just know which party they belong to, and usually I think that's listed on the ballots, if I'm not mistaken, typically, if you just know which party the person belongs to, you can use your vote to further righteousness in the nation. So you may not know, like Bill Smith, you may not know anything about Bill Smith. But if you know that, okay, Bill Smith is part of the Republican Party and this is what the Republican Party generally stands for, or Bill Smith is a part of the Democratic Party and this is what the Democratic Party generally stands for, if you know which of those two parties line up best with the Word of God, you don't really need to know that much about Bill Smith to cast a right vote in line with the Word of God. Did you just get what I just said there? So, so that's what I'm going to be, be, uh, be doing today. Um, now, since I can't cover everything here in the 40 minutes that I have to share with you, there'll be a meeting in the youth room today immediately following the service. It's right over there in the on the other side of that wall. And we've got some good qualified folks that are going to be over there. And uh, all I'm going to do today is just cover the party platforms, just generally. But they'll have some information over there for you uh, that goes over the propositions and the amendments and the different things. And something you need to realize, too, as I was reading through some of those amendments. Now, I'm a graduate of UMSL, University of Missouri-St. Louis. I have a degree in mathematics from over there. So... Um, not in English, but mathematics. Um, and I read through some of those propositions and, and I had trouble understanding what, what a lot of those, what, like their paragraph and, and long paragraph. And by the time you get done, you're more confused. And I think they write them that way on purpose a lot of times. I don't know. But we have some people today that's gone through those, those amendments and things. And if you want to stay after, after we dismiss, you're welcome to go over into the youth room. If you don't know where it is, just ask somebody. They'll tell you. And, and, and those folk over there will have more information and, and be able to go over uh, some of these other things with you that will be helpful to you. Uh, so before I get to the, the, these papers here, I want to, to just say this. Um, I want to look at four, real quickly, four excuses that Christians use not to vote. Real quickly. The first one is, my vote really doesn't matter. Now, I've heard a lot of people say that. We've already mentioned that. The videos that I just shared with you answer that question for you. Did we just show you in those videos that one vote can make a big difference? And Definitely. So, so, But a lot of times you'll hear people say, well, my vote really doesn't count. Well, it really 
really does. Just think if everybody felt that way, then nobody nobody to go out and vote. So our votes do count. Here's the second reason that I've heard people say, Christians say, that they don't vote. They say this, I'll just pray about the elections. I'll just pray, but I don't really need to vote. Well, that's errant because the Bible says faith, or we could include prayer because when you pray, you ought to pray in faith. Is that right? So faith, or we could say prayer without corresponding action is what? Is is dead. And I've said this for years. If, if, if you have the ability to go and vote, you can get there and all of that to the polls and all of that, you can get there and, and you don't, then I believe your praying is in vain. You understand that? Because you're a person that has faith without works. So uh, if you're not going to go vote, I would tell you don't even bother to pray about the elections because your praying is in vain. So what do we need to do? We need to pray and then what? And go vote. Okay? Third reason that I've heard Christians, why, you know, a lot of Christians, I talk to them over the many years, and they say, well, I don't, I, I don't vote. They use this third one as an excuse. They say this. They say, I do not support, or I cannot support either candidate. So I'm just not going to vote. I don't like either one of them. So I'm just not going to go vote. Well, you know, I've faced that over the many years where I I don't like either candidate. I mean, what they stand for. We love the people. We don't like what they stand for a lot of times. So what, what do you do? Well, it's like this. Have you ever heard of the Pharisees and the Sadducees from the Bible? You've read the Bible, the New Testament. Well, you, you need to realize this, that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were both despicable. Yes or no? Both of them. I mean, Jesus healed people, you know, and, and, and they'd crab because he did it on the wrong day. Or you, you understand. So were they both despicable? Absolutely. And you need to realize this too, that, that among the Pharisees, uh, I'm thinking of one right now, Nicodemus. Anybody remember Nicodemus? John, the third chapter, he came to Jesus by night. Remember that? He was a Pharisee. How many of you know that, that not all Pharisees are bad? Not all Democrats are bad. Not all Republicans are bad. There's some good ones in there. But as, as a whole, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were despicable. Both were repulsive. So what do you do if you have to vote for a Pharisee party or the Sadducee party? Well, as you look into it, here's the thing. The Pharisees believed in the resurrection. They believed in spirit beings like angels. Now, how many of you know the Bible teaches there is a resurrection? How many of you know the Bible teaches there are angels and you know, spirit beings and so forth? Angels or spirits. The Sadducees didn't believe in either one. They didn't believe that there's a resurrection. They didn't believe that there's any such thing as, as really a spiritual world. Now, which of the two, even though they're both despicable, which, are the, which of the two are more in line with the word of God, the Pharisees or the Sadducees? Pharisees. So if you had to cast your vote for either of those two despicable parties, 
I'd have to go with which one? The Pharisees. You can actually do more with them than you could the Sadducees. If you ever think about it, the Apostle Paul, now he started out as Saul of Tarsus, very despicable, but he was a Pharisee, yet God was able to change him and use him. But if he had had it ingrained within him from the time he was a little kid that there was no resurrection of the dead and that there was no spirit beings and so forth, how many of you know the Bible says God is a spirit? Yes or no? So can you see that, that even though Saul of Tarsus was despicable, he didn't have a belief ingrained within him from a child that God couldn't work with? Do you understand? How many of you got that? Is that, over, is that over anybody's head or not? You see, I mean, and so God was able to use him, but if he, but if he had been taught as a little kid, how many of you know when you get beliefs in you as a, as a young kid, it's hard, to, it's hard to correct those things a lot of times if they're in error. And, and so Saul of Tarsus, at least as despicable as he was, he had some things in him that were good, and God was able to work with him. So when you go into the voting booth, and, well, should I vote Democrat or Republican? Well, which one is more in line with the Word of God? Which party could God work the most with, you see? And then, and then vote that away, okay? You all right? So, so don't use the excuse of, well, I don't like either one, so I'm not going to vote for either one. Vote for the one that you feel that God could most work with. And then fourthly, an uh, uh, excuse that Christians use is this, and they'll say this. They'll say, well, God is sovereign. And how many of you know he is? That means he's all-powerful, all-knowing, and so forth. But they say this, God is sovereign, so he's going to put in office whoever he wants in office. So whether I vote or whether I don't, doesn't matter. God's going to do whatever he wants to do, period. How many of you know that's not true? God is sovereign, but he has given man a free choice and a free will. You need to realize that. In his sovereignty, he's given us free choice and, and fr free will. And, and when you get into this subject of, you know, God will put in authority whoever he wants, to properly handle this point, it would take me hours, so I'm not going to take hours. Just briefly, I just want to say some things to you because a lot of people use this as an excuse. Well, God's going to do whatever he wants to do, so whether I get involved or not, at the voting booth makes no different difference. Go to Romans 13 very quickly, if you would. Romans 13. Just four verses here I want to look at on this point. Notice here, Romans 13, verse 1, New King James Version, says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. Well, that's good, isn't it? For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Well, very good. That's right on, that's the Bible. You can't argue with that. It's true. Verse 2, therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Now, see, if we stop right there, if we stop right there, we must conclude that Adolf Hitler was put in authority at the hand of God. Now, how many of you know that's not right? Yes or no? It's, it's, it's not right. What you have to look at is what authority 
does God put in? And if you look at verse 3, it says, For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. And then if you go down, well, let's finish this. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good and you will have praise from the same. Verse 4, for he is God's minister to you for what? For good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he who does not bear this, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister to avenge and execute wrath on him who practices what? Evil. So what can we conclude here? We can conclude that when God puts someone in authority, he's putting in good authority, not evil authority. Did you hear me? Don't you see that the punishment here that's coming, that, that, that the authority gives is to evil works, not good works? You see that? So we can conclude. See, if you do a quick reading and most people stop in verse 1 and they'll say, well... You know, they'll say, for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God, period. And then they'll say, well, all authority that's that's put in place, God does it, period. No, no, no. Read the whole thing in context and you'll see that when God puts someone in authority, when it's done at the hand of God, he puts in good, clean, holy, right authority, not despots. Can you say amen to that? And if that's not enough for you, go to Acts, the fifth chapter, in the 27th verse. Go there, and then we'll get into these platforms briefly. Acts 5, 27. Look at this. This needs to be covered, because a lot of people use these as excuses why they don't go vote. Acts 5, verse 27. Now, the apostles had been preaching in the name of the Lord Jesus, and they'd been been put in, in prison and so forth. And they'd been released and then they went back out and they continued to preach in the name of Jesus and so forth. You could read that. But look at verse 27. And when they had brought, when, when they had brought them, the disciples, they set them before the who? Before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, did we not strictly... Now watch this. The high priest, this is, this is authority. How many of you know these were despicable people, these 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 religious people that the apostles had to deal with. They were not set in there by the hand of God. But the apostles were brought before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, verse 28, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you fill Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. That's Jesus' blood. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, what did they say? We ought to obey God rather than man. Now, if those high priests and what, if the high priest and those religious people had been set in there at God's authority, at God's hand, how many of you know the apostles would have needed to obey what they said? Yes or no? Is this too hard for anybody? Is this going over over your head? You getting this? So, if, so would I mean? It, wouldn't Peter have said, you know, oh, oh, no, these, 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 these high priests, high priests, these religious, they're set in there at the hand of God, and we must obey them, whatever they say. But he didn't say that, did he? We're talking about Peter here. We're talking about about Jesus's right hand man here. He said we ought to obey who God rather than man. So what did he just tell us? He told us that this authority that was set there was not set there at the hand of God. 
And if, if, I don't care who the authority is, if they tell you to do something out of line with the word of God, you ought to obey God rather than man. Is that right? Yes or no? So what have we concluded that not all authority that is set in to a position of authority are put there at the hand of God? In the United States here, you need to understand and realize that how do our how does the president get put in there? How do, how does the governor get put in there of a state? How does the senators get put in? They get put in there by a result of us what? Of us voting or lack thereof. And remember what we saw in those videos. If the Christians would all just rise up and vote, we could have righteousness ruling in this in this nation. You understand that? There's been such apathy in the, in the church and among Christians and they don't go vote. Everything else is more important to them and, and they don't go vote. And so we wonder why millions, listen to me, millions and millions of babies have been slaughtered in the abortion clinics. Why? Christians' fault. Christians' fault. Absolutely. Because we haven't been voting like we should and when we're not voting like we should... Evil people get in office. Is that right? And the next thing you know, you've got abortion going on. You've got same-sex marriage going on. Yes or no? And in this last election where Mr. Trump got in there, it was because the Christians rose up and voted. Do you understand that? Now, look at Hosea 8 verse 4. I'm going to read this in the NIV. And ushers, get ready with those, those papers. Ushers, get ready with those papers. You got them ready? Okay. Hosea 8, verse 4, NIV. I want to read this. This is a very good verse. God said about his people, this is in the context of his people, he said, they set up kings without something, without what? Without God's consent. They choose princes without my approval. And then he goes on to talk about idolatry. But let's look at that again. They set up kings without my consent. They choose princes without my approval. And haven't we seen that here in the United States? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'll just say this, and I can say this because of, and I'd, I'd say it anyway, they could put me in prison, I don't, I don't care, but they won't now because Mr. Trump's in there, thank God. But the president before Mr. Trump was not put in there at the hand of God. It was, the, the guy before Trump was put in there because of apathetic Christians not rising up and going to the voting booths. I'm not laying this at the sinner's feet, I'm laying it at your feet and my feet if we didn't go vote. Do you understand that? And I'm going to tell you what, if Christians hadn't have rose up and voted in the last election, there'd be a person in there now who has got to double down on everything that Mr. Trump has done. Now, let, let me get this straight. Obama, I'm going to just say, Obama was not put in there at the hand of God. It was put in there at the hand of Christians not going and voting with their hand. Okay? Yes or no? Am I, am I saying that right? Mr. Trump got in there because Christians voted. But if Mr. Trump hadn't got in there, there was a lady that was going to get in there 
Does anybody know her name? And don't say lock her up. We talked about that last week. But if Christians hadn't rose up and vote, Hillary would have got in there. And if she'd have got in there, she was going to double down on everything Obama did. That's what I was trying to say. Do you understand that? It was going to get really ugly in this nation. And I would be going to prison right now for what I just said. Do you understand that? Do you, do you understand if she'd have got in there, I would have been headed to jail right now? Absolutely. Now, I want to tell you this. I don't believe that Mr. Trump is perfect. He's got a lot of flaws. And I, and, and I think that anybody that thinks that, 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 that uh, he's perfect is, 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 you know, there's only one perfect one, that's Jesus. But God can use imperfect people. Yes or no? I'm not perfect. So I don't think we need to bow down and worship Donald Trump. Somebody, somebody say amen. We worship Jesus. But God can use somebody like him, just like God used Cyrus in the Old Testament to help God's people. Did you hear me? Now, have I made myself clear? Now, pass those out very quickly. And while they're passing these out, these are party platforms. Are you getting anything out of this today? Am I helping you at all or am I boring you? See, if you attend this church, uh, I might tell you a joke here or there. But for the most part, I don't tell too many jokes. I'm not here to entertain you. That's one of the reasons that this, this nation is in the trouble that it's in right now is because you have too many preachers getting up entertaining people on Sunday mornings instead of preaching the Word of God. Did you hear what I just said? So I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not here to make you laugh. I'm not here to make you feel ugly-wiggly. I'm here to teach you know what ugly-wiggly is. I'm not here to give you a good fuzzy, warm feeling. I'm here to teach you the Word of God. Okay? Now, these platforms here, on the left side, you have the Republican Party. On the right side, you have the Democratic Party. In the middle, you have the issues. I'm not going to cover all of them. All of them don't have time. Just going to cover the main, the main ones that I feel are, are, are the most important. They're all important, but some of them more than others. Now, I fact-checked these before I had the ushers pass them out. You know what I mean, fact-check? Now, you need to realize that most people don't fact-check their information. Do you understand that? And Christians don't fact-check a lot of times. They just believe anything that's said. How many of you know you shouldn't believe anything I say? You ought to get in the Word of God and check it out with the Word of God. Is that right? And, and, and just because I gave you this paper, how do you know I'm not lying to you? Just like when these scriptures go up, up here on the, on the, on the, on the projector. You need, to, you need to have your own Bible. And check those scriptures out with your Bible. Can you say amen? amen. And just because we hand this out to you, you need to fact check it. You need to realize there is a lot of fake news out there. There's a lot of, you know, and even sometimes the fact checking sites are lying to you. Don't you see a spirit of deception has come up in this nation? My gracious. Worse than I've ever seen. So you've got to check everything out. Particularly those of you who are on Facebook and you see an article come up about a candidate that you don't like, and then you just forward it on, friend, you're going to get in trouble with God if you do that. You need to be sure that if you're forwarding articles on Facebook, that they're true. And then if it's something slanderous, you need to take another look at it because you don't want to get crosswise the word of God 
walking in love. Is that right? Now notice, the first one on that list is religious liberty. Now it looks like to me the Republicans support religious liberty and the Democrats oppose it. Now I can stop right there. We can go home and we know where we ought to vote, how we ought to vote. Is that right? But let me just say this to you. Religious liberty, just listen to this. The Johnson Amendment. Does anybody know who Lyndon Baines Johnson was? LBJ. Oh my gosh. It's too bad that JFK got shot. It's just too bad. It really is. The Johnson Amendment, think of all the young men that died because of LBJ in Vietnam. Think about that. Well, I won't get into that, but listen to this. He passed, a, or he, got, he was involved in a provision. It's called the Johnson Amendment, a provision in the U.S. Tax Code, 1954, that prohibits 501c3 nonprofit organizations from endorsing and opposing political candidates. Section 501c3 in the tax code organizations are the most common type of nonprofit organization in the United States, ranging from charitable foundations to universities and churches. We're a 501c3. The amendment is named for the then Senator Lyndon Baines Johnson, Democrat of Texas, who introduced it in a preliminary draft of the law in July 1954. Basically, what that what that amendment did or that provision said that I can't stand up here and talk like I just did a few moments ago. I can't call Obama. I can't call Hillary. I can't call Trump. I can't call any of them. Because if I do, they're going to pull our tax exemption, which means that when you give to this ministry, we can't give you tax credit. It also means that we're going to have to pay taxes on everything. That's a lot of money. So what it did is it silenced the preacher, muzzled him. That's what the Democrats stand for. But in the early 21st century, many politicians, including Republican President Donald Trump, have sought to repeal this provision, arguing that it restricts the free speech rights of churches and other religious groups. These efforts have been criticized because churches have fewer reporting requirements than other nonprofit organizations and because it would effectively make political contributions tax deductible. On May 4th, 27, listen to this, on May 4th, 2017, when is that? That was about a year ago, right? President Donald Trump signed an executive order to defend the freedom of religion and speech for the purpose of easing the Johnson Amendment's restrictions. Can you say amen? If Hillary would have got in there, I'd be going to prison for some of the things I've said here this morning. But Mr. Trump is in there, and he has said, we're not going to prosecute this uh, Johnson Amendment anymore so the preachers can now speak what they want to say concerning political issues. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? We ought to say thank you, Mr. Trump, for that one. Absolutely. Now, of course, today is the day to preach on the persecuted church, but I'm not doing it today. I usually do it every year, but we're talking about voting today because we've got the election coming up. But, you know, if you don't vote in line with the Bible, the church in the United States will be persecuted greater than we've, we've seen heretofore. 
You need to understand that. And that's the way we were headed. But let me tell you something. If the wrong party gets in there in the house and so forth and whatnot, there's going to be gridlock. They're going to try to undo all the good stuff that's been done in the last two years. You understand that? And moving down two more years down the road, if uh, we get the wrong people in there, this country is going to really go in a bad direction. And we don't want that. We want to keep it going the way it's going. It's not perfect, but it sure is a lot better than it was. How many of you know we still need to see Roe versus Wade overturned? Absolutely. How many of you know the same-sex marriage has to be undone? Absolutely. Absolutely. And how many of you know God needs to be welcomed back into the public school and into the public square? And until you see those three things, you see the judgment of God will pend on this nation. I don't care who the president is. So here's the next one. Traditional marriage between one man and one woman. How many of you know God set that up to be one man and one woman? Yes or no? Real quick, Genesis 2, verse 20 to 25. I'm going to tell you what, just for the sake of time, you can read that on your own time. He made a man, what was his name? And then he took from his side, see a lot of people think that he took a rib. No, he put him to sleep and he took his whole side, basically. You study out in Hebrew, you'll see. He took basically much of it, one of his, not just a rib, but one of his sides and made the woman. And her name, we know it as... Now, now, did he make Adam and Eve or Adam and Steve? You've heard that one. It's an old, old joke, but it's Adam and Eve, isn't it? And how many of you know that in the entirety of the Bible, we'll say a little bit more about this in a moment, but in the entirety of the Bible, you see that God sanctions a man and a woman as a husband and a wife. That's the only thing he sanctions. Everything else is sin that's outside of that. Yes or no? Any sexual activity outside of a man and a woman. How many of you know, well, got a man and a woman, but they're living together. How many of you know that's still sinful, isn't it? A man and a woman as a what? Husband and a wife. That's what God sanctions. He's never sanctioned multiple marriages. He's never sanctioned any of that. Yeah, but Solomon had all those wives and concubines. Yeah, it messed him up real bad, didn't it? It was never the will of God. Absolutely not. You read in the New Testament that a man is supposed to be the husband of what? One wife. And much we could say about it. But men, we'll see it in a minute. Men with men, it's, it's, it, homosexual activity is wrong. Women with a woman. Lesbianism, it's wrong. Lesbianism. But if you read Genesis 2, 20 to 25, you'd see that God made a man, he made a woman, put them together, married them, and uh, that's the way it's supposed to be. Now let's see here, according to this, traditional marriage, the Democrats oppose it, the Republicans support it. Traditional marriage between one man and one woman. So that ought to tell you enough right there. When you go to vote, yes or no? The Democrats oppose traditional marriage. The Republicans support it. How about this next one? This is the third one on that list. Sanctity of human life. The Democrats oppose it. And the Republicans 
support it. Now, what about the Bible? What does the Bible say? Exodus 20, verse 13. Exodus 20, 13. One of the Ten Commandments, you shall not murder. Real out, let's say that. You shall not murder. Say that. You shall not murder. That's a big one. And then if you, now the fundamental parent, fundamental parental rights, you can, that's important, but I'm not going to cover that one. Look at the next one. Government-funded abortions. Government-funded abortions. Who, uh, who opposes that? The Republicans oppose it. Who supports government-funded abortions? That ought to tell you all you need to know right there. Right? I don't see how a Christian, a for real Christian, can go into a voting booth and vote for somebody who supports abortion. I don't see how you could do it. I don't see how a real Christian, a for real Christian, who has any kind of information, any kind of education, I don't see how you could possibly walk in a voting booth and vote for somebody that supports abortion. I just don't see how you can do it. I just don't, I don't get it. Let's go down here to this next one. I'm not going to get into health care, although I'm going to say this. I walked into the Walmart pharmacy yesterday to get some medication. How many of you know I believe Jesus is the healer? But I also believe he uses good doctors, hospitals, and medicines. And I walked into the pharmacy yesterday to pick up some medication that, that uh, uh, last time we got it cost $15. Went in yesterday to get the exact same bottle and guess how much they wanted to charge me? Keep going. Keep going, keep going, keep going, $400. Now you tell me the health care system's not goofed up in this nation. And we can thank President 44 for that. You don't want socialized medicine in this nation. And that's what, that's, I don't think that's on the list necessarily, but that's what the Democrats want. Something, isn't it? How can, a, how can the same bottle of medicine cost me $15 last month and 400 this month? So, no, we're checking on that. We're, and I'm just standing there, thank God I can afford it. If I had to pay it, I could. There's a lot of people who couldn't do it. You know there's a lot of people in this nation having to, having to because of our last president, they have to decide, do I eat or do I take my medicine? You see why it's important that we get involved in voting? And I can see the drug companies, they need, to, they need to be paid for what they do, but there's a difference in making a profit and making a killing. And they're taking us to the cleaners. But I'm telling you prophetically that before this thing's over, if there's not some major repentant, God's going to turn them upside down and shake the money out of their pockets.
Well, there's much I could say. Look at this next one. Government government compels speech over individual freedom of speech and or the free exercise of religion. Free exercise of religion. Who on this one here, free exercise of religion, government compelled speech and so forth. Let me just talk about this one a little bit. Because um, I want to just skip to the next one because it's really making more the point that I want to make. Voluntary prayer in public schools. Voluntary prayer in public schools. Who opposes voluntary prayer in public schools? And who supports it? Publicans. That's pretty important, isn't it? That ought to tell you all you need to know right there. Go to Deuteronomy 6 very quickly. I'm almost finished. If nothing else, I hope this is informing you. I may not be telling you anything you don't already know, but I'm just doing what I feel the Holy Spirit wants me to do. I believe we ought to be, uh, there ought to be voluntary prayer in public school. Do you know in the early days of this nation that the Bible was used to teach little kids to read? And you know God's been kicked out basically out of the public school, hasn't he? And you see what a mess it's in. I know I used to teach at a public school. It's a bad mess. See, when they kicked God out, he left. He's light. Yes or no? And when he left, light leaves and all you got left is darkness. You see what's happened to this country again? I want to say it because Christians have been apathetic. And haven't been voting like they should. Deuteronomy 6, a few verses here. New Living Translation, it's on the board there. And you must, this is Deuteronomy 6 verse 5. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to who? To your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. And I think we could put in there and when you're at school too, huh? Even though it doesn't say that specifically, it says talk about it all the time. Why would God leave the hour, school hours out? He says, tie them on your hands. Wear them around the forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says we ought to pray without what? Without ceasing. So does that mean that we should stop praying when the little kids should stop praying when they're at school? But again, who opposes voluntary prayer in the public schools? The Democrats oppose that. Who supports it? The Republicans. Now look, I want to make it clear. The Republicans are not perfect. They're just not. And anybody that thinks that they are, you're mistaken. But which one of these two do you think lines up more with the word of God? The Republicans or the Democrats? Republicans. Now, this, this, this last one here, LGBT. Now, a lot of people don't even know what that means. And then they put a Q on it, not on this page, but a Q. And I didn't, I, but LGBT means lesbian. That means a woman having sex with a woman. Gay, that means a man having sex with a man. 
bisexual. That means you might have sex with a, if you're a man, you might have sex with a man or sex with a woman. I guess that's what that means. And T, I think it means transgender. Now, how many of you know we're not here to put any of these people down or hurt them or, or persecute them? But that lifestyle, we love the people, but the lifestyle is sinful. And I tell you what, I would to God that this church, I would, lo- I would love to see lesbians and homosexuals and bisexuals and trans. I'd love to see them come to this church by the multitudes. Now, if you can't say amen to that, you need to check up and see if you're really saved. Did you hear what I just said? You could tell in the spirit, well, we don't want those people coming here. Well, if you got that feeling, you need to get saved. Because I want them to come here. So that we can love on them. And point them to Jesus. But here's the thing, and here's the catch, and here's how you can know if you're in a church of God or not. A church that God has sanctioned or not. This right, this is all you need to ask right here. You ready? Everybody welcome. But nobody comfortable if there's something in their life that should not be there, including me. So if you go to a church where everybody's welcome, you don't know if that's... Most of those aren't called by God or ordained by God. That must be there. Everybody what? Everybody welcome. But nobody comfortable... If there's things in their life that should not be there. See, if you attend this church any length of time, if you're a homosexual, we're going to love the socks off of you, but you're not going to be comfortable because I'm going to preach this Bible and it's going to step on your toes. And you're either going to ultimately repent or leave. Is that right? If you have a couple that come here, they're living together. I've had many of them over the years and we love, we love the socks off of them. Absolutely. But they can't do anything and they either need to separate or they need to get married. And then they can be involved. Well, you're just a meanie. No, I'm in line with the word of God. So, so if you're going to a church where everybody is welcome, you don't know if that's called by God or not. How do you know? It, 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 if everybody's welcome and everybody's comfortable in their sin, it's not a church of the Lord. And it's a, it's a sad shame when a pastor stands up here and says, I'd love to have this church full of homosexuals and you get Christians going. That's part of what's wrong in this nation. We need to love people. I said we need to love people. Come on, somebody say amen. We need to love those people, not put them down and beat them up. We need to love them for crying out loud. Can you see the preaching I'm doing today wouldn't make everybody comfortable, would it? So, lesbian, gay, lesbian, bisexual, gay, transgender, transsexual, I'd have to look in the dictionary to figure that out. And then Q means questioning. Look at Romans one twenty-five. Go there quickly or it will close here. I got to let you go. Romans one twenty five New Living Translation. It's on the screen if you don't have it. They traded the truth about God for a lie, so they worshipped and served the things 
God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. And as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Actually, you get into the Greek on that and you read it. It has to do with their personalities. And that sin of homosexuality affects their personalities. Have you ever seen homosexual men that they look like, they they act like women? That's a result of that sin. And the same thing happens with lesbians. I hate the devil. How many of you hate the devil? I didn't say I hate people. I said I hate the devil. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Look at this. Do you not know? This is New King James. Do you not know? 1 Corinthians 6, 9. It's on the screen. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be what? Do not be deceived. Neither... Fornicators, that's having sex when you're not married. Idolaters, putting anything ahead of God, uh, that's what idolaters... Adulterers, that's having sexual relations when you're, you're married with somebody that you're not married to. Nor what? Homosexuals, nor sodomites. Look that up, you can find out what that means. And then don't... We, a lot of times we pick on the sexual stuff, but what about thieves? Covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners... None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. So there you got Bible for it. So this LGBT agenda, the Democrats support it, the Republicans oppose it. So let me ask you, which political party, and the rhetorical question, which political party fights to stop prayer in schools? You don't have to answer just which political, we've answered that. Which political party, you ought to go find us on the internet or somewhere, find it where a, a, a site where you trust, attacked Christmas. Did the Republicans ever attack Christmas or did the Democrats? I like what Mr. Trump said, we're going to put Merry Christmas back in. Which of these two political parties tried to ban Bibles? Which of these two parties sued to put Christian bakers out of business? Which of these two parties, Republican or Democrat, sued to force nuns to violate their beliefs? Which of these two parties wants certain Christian doctrine banned as hate speech? Which of these two parties is constantly trying to get rid of crosses and manger scenes? Which of these two parties said the church must evolve and change long-held biblical beliefs? Which of these two parties promotes socialism? And if you don't know what that is, you ought to go find out. Because I'm telling you, the Democrats support this. And the last thing you want is this country to become socialistic. Just go look at some of the countries that have been socialistic and look what happens to them. My God, you don't want that happening here. And which of these two, if you, if you didn't get anything else I said today, you ought to go look up and find out which of these two parties booed God at their national convention. I'd be afraid to boo God. So I want to close this message by looking back at Nazi Germany. Listen to this. German Christians became apathetic 
and uninvolved in their political system. Listen to this. German Christians became apathetic and uninvolved in their political system. They believed that God put in authority whoever he wanted in authority. Thus, they thought Hitler was sanctioned by God, which, of course, he was not. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, have you ever heard of him? He was a German pastor, theologian, and anti-Nazi dissident who rose up and opposed Hitler. He was arrested in April 1943 by the Gestapo in prison and imprisoned for one and a half years. Later, he was transferred to a Nazi concentration camp after being accused of being associated with the July 20th plot to assassinate Hitler. He was quickly tried and then executed. They hung him in April 1945 as the Nazi regime was collapsing. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a great man of God, could not open the eyes of the German church about the horrors of Hitler. His radio addresses warned Germany. Ironically, he blamed the fad of cheap grace and their blind submission. And why does it say ironically here? Because if you haven't realized in this nation, there is a teaching going around about cheap grace right now. Same things that were going on in Germany. The Germans, the Christians, and whatnot, they rejected his warnings, and the consequence was the bloodiest world war, and six million Jews, God's chosen people, were annihilated. Now, why did I read this? Because Bonhoeffer said this. He said, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. Dear friends, we must act. We must rise up and stand against the agenda of the party here that's against God. And I think it's very clear. We must oppose their agenda. Notice, not with guns or knives. We Say amen. Not with slurs or slander. Not with locker up. Come on now. We talked about that last week. Christians that get in, locker up, locker up, locker up. You're not, you're not walking in love there. Now, stop that. We talked about that last week. God got on me about it, so I get on you. So I'm sitting there in my exercise and with the television on, and everybody's, Mr. Trump's on there, locker up, locker up. And Holy Ghost wasn't good with that. You know why? Because this is not right. Come on now. We need to walk in love. We must oppose this democratic agenda in prayer, say in prayer. And we must oppose their agenda at the voting booth. So go out and vote on Tuesday, November the 6th. Vote however you feel the Holy Ghost is telling you to vote. But if... If you listen to this message today, I think it's pretty clear. Vote in line with the Bible. Remember, there's a meeting after the service over there if you want more on this. Stand with me if you would. Bow your heads, please. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, Father, I pray that this message that went forth here today is a different one than what we normally would preach. And I realize it has the potential of making people angry. But all that being said, Lord, I just trust that it informed people. And I know I said a lot of things here that people already know, but we do know this goes out on the Internet. Maybe it'll fall on ears where people didn't know some of these things. It'll help somebody. But as we've already prayed concerning this election, now it's time to put faith, put action to our faith. So we'll do that on Tuesday. Now that being said, let's get to a more important issue right before we're dismissed with heads bowed and eyes closed. What is the more important issue? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I just want to tell you, He loves you. And He went to a cross and He died for you. The Son of the living God. Why did He do it? Well, there's many reasons, but the foremost reason is so that you don't have to go to hell. And the only way you're going to miss hell when you die and make heaven is if you'll repent of your sins. That just means turn away from them and invite Jesus into your heart. Receive Him as your personal Lord and Savior. Believe in your heart that God's raised Him from the dead and confess Him with your mouth. Confess Him as the Christ, the Son of the living God. Make Him your Lord and Savior. Receive Him. If you've never done that, you need to do that before you leave here today. There's some men and women standing up here. When we dismiss, if you've never received Jesus, I want to invite you. Come up here, talk with one of them, and they'll introduce you to Him. They'll pray with you. Just a brief prayer. And in a moment's time, He'll come into your heart. You'll miss hell, you'll make heaven, and he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. So if you need to do that, you do that when we dismiss. Praise God forevermore. Now, normally we just close it right there, but I just felt impressed right before before I got up here. We were in worship. Just just to make it available. Just I haven't done this in a long time, but just to make it available. Uh, a healing anointing is is here. If you need healing in your body, I haven't laid hands on people in months. 